Olive, can I tell you a little something about ice cream? Well, ice cream is made from cream, which comes from cow's milk, and cream has a lot of fat in it. Richard? Well, when you eat ice cream, the fat in the ice cream becomes fat in your body. Richard, I swear to God. It's true. What? What's wrong? So, if you eat a lot of ice cream, you might become fat, and if you don't, you're going to stay nice and skinny, sweetie. Olive, Richard is an idiot. I like a woman with meat on her bones. Hello, everybody. Welcome to So What You Think. This is a movie podcast show where me and a guest will come on and we'll talk about a movie that we have just seen for the first time and give sort of our immediate reactions to it. Uh, today, I'm very excited to bring on one of my friends. Her name is Fiona. She is a USC student here. Um, does a lot of photography stuff, a lot of journalism, all that good stuff. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Yes, yes, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, so yeah, today the movie we watched was Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, this film came out in 2006. It stars Steve Carell, Greg Kinnear, uh, Tony Colletti, Paul Dano, Alan Arkin, so really just an all-around great cast. It's a very good indie comedy drama. It's the epitome of an indie movie, probably. <laughs> very calm, very comedic, but not yeah. huge and in-your-face about it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't fill like, one genre, you know? It's just it's, it's genreless. Yeah. <laughs> it transcends. <laughs> it transcends, yeah. It's, it's so too deep. good. I um, mean, it is. Honestly, I feel like there are a lot of hidden layers to it. Oh yeah, no, I'm yeah, I, I'm saying that, but I also love this movie. So. It's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we're gonna start off with some spoiler-free podcasting over here, and then we'll get into it. Um, so if you haven't seen the movie, stick around for a little bit, and then go see the movie and come back. You know. Um, but yeah, Fiona, what do you think? <laughs> I thought it was so good. I've been meaning to see this movie for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was growing up, um, in 2006, I must have been like seven or eight, mm-hmm. um, and my mom and my brother saw this movie, and they couldn't stop raving about it, and I saw that there was a little girl in it, and I was like, I'm a little girl. Maybe right. I should see this movie, mm-hmm. and then my mom and my brother were like, hmm. Maybe not, because it yeah. is rated R and probably for good reason. But. Yeah, it's not quite age-appropriate for a six-year-old or yeah. whatever you were. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant. I like. I uh-huh. think they set up the characters super well in the first like scenes, even before like the title um, yeah, sequence my, happened. That was my first point. Oh, my God. Go keep, into it. Keep going. Oh, me? Yeah, go for it. Sure. So um, I guess they start like going through the little worlds of each of the main characters or each of the family members because mm-hmm. it's about a family of um, family of four and then five with the grandpa. Um so um, the dad is, like, trying to sell this whole idea of, like, a nine-step process to be a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the other characters, um, who is Frank, um, Steve Carell's character, he, like, you see him in a hospital and he's being picked up by his sister. Um, oh, I guess it's a family of six. Um, who's being picked up by his sister, who is the mom figure in the movie, um, because he just tried to commit suicide. Uh, trigger warning. Sorry. Um, and then, so, like, that's his, like, current conflict. And then um, the Olive, who's the little girl, she's trying to be a beauty pageant star. She's working with her grandpa on that. Um, then grandpa is addicted to snorting heroin. Yeah. Um, 
which is fun. <laughs> and then um, oh, Dwayne, who is Olive's brother, is like um, like taking a vow of silence and like reads a lot of philosophy books and is yeah. just generally a very angsty man who wants to be a pilot in the Air Force. Yeah. This is all like in the first two minutes of this whole movie too, which is great. That's what I loved about the opening of this movie is it's like you didn't even know they were related to each other like until after the first scene, or at least maybe I didn't. But like they just kind of showed their individual lives and then you like see like, oh, they're all connected. And then it was like kind of like went off from there. I thought that was cool. Because I feel like in movies about family members, usually there ends up being like one or two of them that really get focused on. And then the mm-hmm. others are kind of just like foils or like not really as important as the others. But like with this stress, like they are all important as like individuals and not just as like plot devices for the other family members. They all have something all right. like valuable to add. Yeah, I thought all of the characters too were just like very well developed. Like, yeah, like you were saying, like there's no one really main character. Everyone had like. A folk like everyone had enough screen time to like develop their character. They all had their own problems, their own like arc, and it was like cool to see like all of their growth and like the similarities between them because they all kind of have the same essential theme of growth and like idea of like winning and losing, which I want to talk about eventually too. Yeah, but, no, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, this movie is, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, so the the general plot after that kind of introduction thing is that the the daughter Olive. Uh, she gets invited to a beauty pageant, which is out in California, and they're from Albuquerque. So they basically go on a road trip so she can uh, attend this beauty pageant and hopefully win. And uh, the circumstances kind of make everyone have to go on this road trip together. So it's all six of them, and they don't all want to be together. And so, you know, comedy ensues. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, there. I think the biggest thing is that most of them don't want to go except for Olive. Um, right. But they realize, like, how much it means to her. And, like, she's right. definitely... She is Little Miss Sunshine. She is, like, the bright, positive force in she's the so family. Cute she's so cute. Like, you can't help but fall in love with her. And so, like, when you don't want to see her get heartbroken. I think that's the biggest reason why everybody agrees to go on. Like, even with all the conflict and the bad stuff that's happening in their lives, like, if they think that this is going to make Olive happy, like, they will get an ounce of joy from it, too. Yeah. She's really, like, the glue, I feel like, to this whole family. Because, like, otherwise they wouldn't have gone to this road trip. They wouldn't have this bonding experience. They wouldn't have this growth. And so she's, like, really... I wouldn't say, like, the main character or anything, but she's, like, definitely the, the glue that keeps all the other characters, like alive and like keep moving and stuff so that's cool um which is probably why the title is little miss sunshine (laughs) is little miss sunshine amazing yeah it's crazy how that works um (laughs) other things um before we like get into spoilers and stuff this is the the dialogue i felt like it's very witty too it's just like it's very good back and forth and like all the characters are just like really spot on and it's just like it's very funny especially alan arkin's character who plays the grandfather He's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, he's so funny. I feel like they do a really good job of making realistic dialogue, um, mm-hmm. like not trying too hard to say super eloquent things. Right. Um, very much like casual family conversation, like yeah. what you would have over dinner, like with people interrupting over each other and contradicting each other and like yeah. getting off topic and not even talking about what they were um, originally talking about, which yeah. I feel is something grandpa does quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Which is that's also interesting. It's like how they contradict each other too. It's just like the the mom and the dad seem to have a lot of trouble, like of like how to raise Olive. It kind of seems like that seems like a recurring thing. Is like 
they totally disagree on a lot of stuff, like especially like eating ice cream or like that should you be eating it? That was such a scene. We should go <laughs> just, into that. Yeah, we should go into that. So yeah, I just want to talk about spoilers now. So <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie, come back and listen to this because it's a good movie and we're going to have a good conversation. And it's but. spoiler time. Spoiler time. Yeah. So let's talk about the ice cream scene. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not even a huge spoiler. <laughs> They like it's not even yeah it's not even that huge. This is mild yeah. if you are okay with mild spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Um, they like so they start the road trip to go to California for this beauty pageant, and they end up in a diner like to stop on the way, um, grab some food, and they can't spend too terribly much money because they're already strapped for cash, just like as a family, um, and so they. This is one of the cheapest things on the menu that Olive can order is a waffle a la mode, which is with ice cream. And right. then her dad, like, um, sweet, sweet Richard, um, who's all about the winner's mentality, is like, well, when, do you, when you watch those old beauty pageants, when you see <clears throat> Miss California, like, do you think she eats ice cream? Because ice cream has a lot of cream in it and cream makes you fat and whatever, whatever. Yeah, not great. Not great advice yeah. to give to your kid. Not really teaching body positivity. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. But at least the rest of the scene, the rest of the characters were like all for that, which was good. <laughs> yeah. Which I think is like a really cool thing to happen in 2006. I feel yeah. like that was still definitely the age of like very thin eyebrows and being super skinny. And like that yeah. was like the beauty standard at that time. Um, mm-hmm. But. Yeah, that's also true. And like even like the the uncle Frank or whatever, he he's also gay. Which is, like, a pretty progressive message, too, that, like, he was gay. They didn't really, like, go too far in depth with that rather than just, like, yeah, I don't know. Which I think is kind of important. I think making it, like, a casual thing and not, like, a tragic heartbreaking, like, oh, my gosh, they're gay and their whole life is so sad because they're gay story, I think is an important story to tell as well. That's, like, a problem that I had with Love, Simon, I think, Mm -hmm. um, because, like, yes— it is a difficult transition and coming to terms with your identity is hard. And like, that is a story that we should tell, but I feel like that has been the story that has been told for so long. And like it is becoming more accepted and being gay doesn't have to just be tragic. Um, which is why, like something I really liked about this movie, how like his conflict was like about a relationship, but not necessarily about the fact that he is gay. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say. I like about calling by your name which is, like, the kind of the opposite of that, where that's, like, it, they don't have to be gay. They could be straight. Like, it's just a love story, and they just happen to be gay. And that I think that's, like, something people appreciate a lot better when it's, yeah, when it's not just about, oh, they're gay, so, like, this is a gay love story. Like, make sure that this is a gay love story. Like, it's, right. like, it's just a love it's story. It's just a love story. Right. So that's cool. And then this movie seems surprisingly progressive in a few fields like that, which is cool. Yeah. Um, I yeah. loved the ice cream scene, like, when they all started eating it, and then she also felt inspired to eat it. Yeah. And then I guess this is a spoiler. When they get okay. to the pageant and she meets Miss California, um, yeah, okay. and she asks Miss California like what her favorite ice cream is, yeah. I thought that was the sweetest thing. And she said chocolate, which is what she ordered. I know. It was so cute. Diet. That was the best line, honestly, afterwards. She's like walking away saying, Mommy, like, did you hear what? Does she likes ice cream? I was like, oh, that is adorable. So good. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god. I love Olive. <laughs> I know. She's great in this movie. Also, um what I thought was interesting too is like the way they dealt with exposition too at the beginning of the movie. It was just like it wasn't annoying that they were like telling me all this information because it was just the way they told it I thought was interesting enough. And like the scene at the dinner table, um, when like Uncle Frank first sits down and like they're explaining to the daughter like his kind of situation. I thought that was like a very interesting thing because it's not 
only giving exposition, but it's like serving another purpose of like teaching the daughter a lesson. Then you get to see like how the parents like don't get along and like contradict each other. And it's like it's doing a lot more than just explaining Frank's situation, which is cool. I don't know. Yeah. I also think it's good like that. The mom was like, yeah, we're honest in this household. We tell things like this and it doesn't really matter. Just because, like, I feel like tiptoeing around the subject isn't really going to teach them anything. Like, why hide it um, for so long? Which, like, yeah, sure, it's a sad story. But I feel like you start learning sad stories pretty young, um, even though it is quite heartbreaking um, with depression and suicidal tendencies and that sort of thing. Right. But, yeah, I do think that was cool. Like, that was just another thing. It's like, this mom seems very, like, cool. Like, she has, like, good ideas I think she's trying to, like, instill in her daughter. I like that whole thing, too. Yeah. I really didn't like the dad, though. <laughs> no, the dad He's one of the most unlikable characters. most of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was fine by the end. But, like, he, he was, like, tolerable by the end. I don't know. It's <laughs> like, he's a very unlikable guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I do feel bad for him, though. Um, yeah. To a, to a point, I don't know. <laughs> but he just has the wrong mentality, and which we'll get into yeah. too. Is just like he believes that you have to win, and if you don't win, you're a loser. Whereas, kind of the grandfather's mentality is that like if you're as long as you try to win, then you're a winner, and it doesn't matter if you actually lose. Yeah, it's the people who are too afraid to try to win are the losers. Yeah, it's interesting cool. that the grandpa's like main philosophy is like seize life's opportunities right. while they're coming at you, even though he talks about that in quite a funny way. Yeah. That was, it was a cool message that they threw in there as, like, comedic humor at the time. I don't know. It was, it was very cool. And, like, honestly, he was probably the wisest character of all of them, even though he's, like, at face value, not the wisest person. I don't Pretty know. Pretty whack. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> let's move on to some other stuff. That, that's an important thing, which I think we'll, we'll get into a little bit later. One of the things is that all of them kind of have, like, a problem in their life, and especially as they go through the film, like, some sort of tragedy hits them or, like, whatever was important to them, they don't get, and they have to, like, deal with that. So, like, the dad loses the book deal that he had. Um, Dwayne, which is the son, he realizes he's colorblind, which is a heartbreaking scene. That's so sad. I know. (laughs) Um, So he realizes he can't fly because he's colorblind. Uh, Frank doesn't win the grant, which is kind of just... And he, like, he loses his job and all that stuff, so he lost a lot. The wife... I think it's implied, or maybe they said it at one point, that they're getting divorced, the mom and the dad. Is that yeah. true? I, I think I think Dwayne says that when right. he's like, we're a family of losers, whatever, yeah. when he's getting mad at them and saying how much he hates right. them. Which is also cool, because it wasn't like they were like beating you over the head with like, oh, this is a family that's getting divorced or whatever. It was just kind of like almost a throwaway line. Like, I almost just missed it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so she, I guess the wife is kind of going through that. Yeah, she's definitely, know. like, the one trying to hold the family together. And I think that's right. her losing battle. Yeah, so she's not, uh, yeah, she's, like, losing that glue, I guess. I'm not sure really her, like, that's, I guess maybe that's a flaw. I was like, I don't, what was her purpose? Like, everyone had a thing, I feel like. She didn't really have a thing. I, feel I don't like know if that's, like, sexist that she didn't have a thing. I think her, her thing's, like, the family or, like, her marriage. Which, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think she was, yeah, definitely, like, the family figure, the one. Like, while Olive, I think, was, like, the emotional glue and, like, the reason why they stuck together for, like, love's sake, I think she was more, like, the logistical bringing people together, making sure that things happen, and also, like, actively trying to be the parent. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like the dad is so... 
I guess, absorbed in his own personal pursuit and like his personal philosophy of life that he kind of forgets what his family might need from him, um, at least until like pretty close to the end of the trip. Um, so she's like, she's the one who's binding everybody together for like, like family values and like raising the kids with proper mentality and that mm. sort of thing. Yeah. So I mean, I guess that's like a thing in its own and that yeah. she's like failing to do that at one point in the movie. So I guess that's like her arc. Um, okay. I guess I can get into that. <laughs> I'll give her some credit. I'll, I'll give it. Um, and then two other things is the kid loses the pageant show, which at first would be sad, but it doesn't end up being really sad because her arc is probably the quickest of all of them, I feel like. And then the grandpa dies, which I guess that, that's his arc, is that he just dies. Yeah. I don't know. So everyone kind of has their own thing. But what's cool is that by the end of the movie, they're all kind of realized that they it doesn't matter and that, like, they all tried or, yeah, like, trying. I feel like that's the main message of this film is really that one line that Alan Arkin says, just, like, trying to win is winning, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you actually win or not. Yeah. I, I like feel that like a lot. It's a good message. <laughs> it's a good message. It's really sweet. It really Thanks, speaks Alan to me. <laughs> I think, like, the most symbolic, like, representation of that is, like, the fact that they're all pushing the bus mm-hmm. because they're yeah. all like trying to do yeah. something together, even though their car is falling apart literally the entire movie. Um, but like yeah. they can't keep oh. going unless they all push the bus together. Yeah. That didn't even click for me until right now. That's, yeah, that's the whole thing's a metaphor. The car's a <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the movie poster, it's uh-huh. bright yellow okay. and it's them pushing the car. Yeah. Dang, the whole thing's a metaphor. Because also one line that they had that I did catch was that he was saying at one point they couldn't like turn the car around. They're going like on down the one-way street like the wrong way. They're trying to get to the pageant show on time. And like the dad is like, oh, there's no turning back. And like they're all just like they're driving for it. And I was like, that wow, metaphor. I know. <laughs> also, I think that is just a very good representation of conflict in general like uh-huh. going through a cul-de-sac and be like we can't do this it's yeah. literally impossible and then yeah. just like just breaking spinning through in circles, the chain literally and figuratively yeah yeah lots of metaphors exactly. i like i like the car thing though i think that's cool that the whole thing like their family is kind of just represents what the car is or i don't know it could be like their happiness represents the car, so they're like pushing it and like once it gets going like i don't know yeah the car is also like first of all okay it's bright yellow and it's also breaking down the whole time right. um which i think is a funny contrast like yellow is a very bright and happy color they're going to little miss sunshine right. uh the car is big enough to hold everybody yeah. um but at the same time it's constantly falling apart to the point where like they honestly probably shouldn't legally be driving it at all yeah. um but even though like the struggle bus of life is a mess and constantly falling apart it's just better when you're riding it with other people that you love damn deep (laughs) snaps (laughs) that's good one thing i have to say about that is that i think maybe this whole thing is representation of just like a facade that people put on um like yellow is such a happy color like you're saying but really inside the car you know everything's breaking down the people in it and the car itself so like people kind of put on this like fake facade of like happiness That's which true. i will say is another line which is another point i wanted to talk about which is good this is a good segue is that Dwayne near the end of the movie when he's talking with Frank outside the pageant show and they're kind of like just contemplating and talking about stuff he says that basically life is like a beauty contest and he's like 
he's just like f college f high school like f getting a job like after all this you know like this like predetest like predestined path that everyone is forced to go on like he's just like screw that like and it's just kind of like that's almost like life is like a beauty pageant in a sense where like people are forced to go into this thing and like put a fake facade on and like follow orders or something and like why are you doing that and i think by them getting on stage and like breaking that it kind of represents that like you don't have to like follow what everyone else does if you can do your own thing yeah. which is another cool message i think oh how and, uh, sweet isn't that cool <laughs> be your own true self i yeah. think that's like yeah, I also feel like them as a family, like, they just don't really have a regard for maintaining that facade. Um, they are very clearly super messed up, all of them, and they aren't really, like, ashamed of showing it. They don't really, like, have a fear when of, like, showing to other people that they are really messed up. Mm -hmm. um, it's very, very evident. Like, even at the at the pageant show with, like, in a room of people who are, like, very poised, wearing a bunch of makeup, having the spray tans on, like, completely curled and done, uh, done up and everything. Mm -hmm. um, they, like, are unapologetically, like, going and dancing on stage with Olive. Like, right. they don't care. And, like, before she went on stage for her dance, like... They said, are you sure you want to do this? Like, you don't want to humiliate yourself. But she knew, like, that was the best way for her to be, like, honest and not hold up the facade like everybody else did. Yeah. That was kind of, like, the biggest learning lesson for them, too, is, like, they're like, oh, like, you can't do this. Like, she's going to embarrass herself because they're like, oh, like, life is cruel. Like, people are going to make fun of you and, like, you're not going to fit in with the norm of everybody. And it's like they learned the lesson. Like, all of already knew that lesson she's just like i'm just gonna go up there and do my thing yeah and then they were the ones that had to like learn that like yeah don't care what other people think like do your own thing like don't follow what everyone else does if you don't want to yeah that was cool she's so wise maybe olive is the wisest one i take back Probably, what i said honestly don't <laughs> yeah. judge age is only a number i also this is okay so there's a there's a musical called uh, the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee and okay. there's a there's a character in that also named Olive and she says like did you know that if you switch like the first two vowels of my name you get I love which is also I think very fitting for this Olive too oh yeah I like that <laughs> yeah I, I think yeah I think that's probably why the title let's talk about the title a bit too because I think like, she is the Little Miss Sunshine, or at least the pageant that she's going to, and what she wants, what she's striving for is little, like, to be Little Miss Sunshine. So I feel like, in a sense, they're kind of, the title is pushing you to be, believe that, like, she's the main character of this, and that, like, I feel like all the characters, they have their own stuff, but they end up, like, putting all their energy eventually into, like, her winning the pageant show. Like, they put aside, like, like, like they're all mad, like, oh, I didn't win the grant, I lost my book deal, like, but this pageant show, like, this is the thing I'm going to win, you know? Um... But it's cool because, like, then they realize, like, they don't need to be winning. It's because they tried to win. Like, that was, like, the journey, not the destination, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's funny that you put it like that. It's like the planets revolving around the sun. Like, they are all planets and all of is the sun in the center of their solar system. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's another way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, too. But it's, like, not necessarily that the sun is the most important person. No. Like, but just because she was the main character or the title character, I don't think she's the most important. I think, like, the biggest lesson is that all of them learned a lesson. You know, like, all of them grew at the end of the film, and that's, like, what was really important is that everyone else learned to, like, be above the rest and, like, do their own thing and stuff. Um, 
where I feel like she maybe didn't necessarily learn the biggest lesson. Like, she kind of knew the lesson. I don't know. Like, right. she was almost teaching the lesson. She was, yeah, <laughs> she was the teacher. She was kind of, like, just going. She was the reason why they were going along for the ride. But, yeah, I definitely think that the other characters... I think one of the people who... Okay, I guess two. Dwayne, I think, showed a lot of growth, literally because he just started talking. At the beginning, he didn't talk, and then he did talk. So yeah. that's, like, a very clear... That like, is growth. <laughs> a symbol of growth. Yeah. And then I think the dad, like, I hated him way less at the end um, compared to the beginning. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be, like, hanging out with his character, but, you know, I'm glad he grew and yeah. kind of learned his own lesson. Like, he realized his own nine-step plan... It was, like, incorrect, I guess, because yeah. <laughs> winning is not the most important thing, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Let's talk about that. So what, do you, what, I, what I wrote, which is pretty deep. So, like, what do you think it means to win? <laughs> because that's, I feel like that's kind of one of the biggest themes is, like, what the definition is of winning mm-hmm. to certain people and, like, what losing is. Because clearly there's different ideas that each of the characters kind of believe in what winning and losing. So I want to open it up to you and <laughs> what you think about that. Ooh, me? <laughs> Um, yeah, I think, I think, like, lately, just, like, being in college and thinking about, like, career and stuff, it's hard to think of it as, like, winning a game versus, like, like, gradually reaching more and more success and, like, growing in your success, um, because I feel like people are just trying to always be be better than they were before whether it's like monetarily or like just getting a better job or going to a better company or whatever um it's just like Mm -hmm. trying to beat the last step um and so but i mean i i don't know i always think that like contentment is probably the best version of winning um like being content that you worked hard to get somewhere um and regardless of like where you ended up you like can live with it and Mm. you can live like peacefully with it like maybe not with regrets um so like maybe not the best job in the world or like you're not at the best company in the world but like you enjoy the people that you're with and after work you like who you come home to and that sort of thing yeah I mean, I think that's what everyone... It's tough, though, because I feel like that's what everyone strives for, is, like, to find that eventual happiness. Like, yeah, of course, like, money is not important and stuff, but it's hard when, like, you're in college and, like, your goal from getting a degree is, like, get a job, essentially, and, like, make money. So it's hard to, like, realize that that's not what's important when, like, it's kind of why you're paying money to go to college, just to, like, get money in return. (laughs) Exactly. And, like, you need money to live, and we're going to have so much debt. And also, there's, like, a certain guilt because, like, you go to this university, and, like, in going to this university, there's a certain expectation of, like, where you'll end up afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, if you don't happen to get there, you're like, well, then did I blow all this money for no reason? And, like, did I deserve to go there at all? Am I a failure in that regard? Um, So, like... I guess I guess the money and the titles are kind of like proof that the decisions that you made and the choices that you made like were actually worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's like the goal. I feel like it's just yeah. It's an interesting message because it's like you don't like everyone wants to do that but it's hard to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but it's a good message just to like always keep in mind that like trying to win is just as important. I feel like as scary as it is to like start your own company or like do something like that that there's a possibility that you might fail like at least you like tried to like do what you wanted to do um so i feel like that's 
an idea of winning in a sense is like at least you try to do what you want to do like even if it doesn't work out and mm-hmm. like at least you like like always go for what you want to do like I feel like what's your definition of winning I mean I guess I don't know I guess that I guess it's pretty similar to yours it's just like I mean it's definitely not about like making the most money or anything it's just like I don't know as long as you try like I like really I really like Alan Arkansas I feel like that's like try the best way to live by is just like try to win and that's like good enough yeah. I don't know yeah I think I would be once. exactly like I think I would be satisfied in my life as long as I like even if I didn't succeed with whatever I want to do like you know don't get your dream that you wanted at least you like tried to do it like I feel like I would be I would have regrets at the end of life but I just like took the biggest paycheck or like did what I didn't want to do just because of like whatever reason so I think yeah, yeah. you know trying what you want to do is the best way and then like beyond individualism just like not being lonely i think is also yeah um yeah which like, is what this movie says too like they have their family which like i think it's just like very beautifully represented like in the last scene when they're all dancing on stage and stuff like i think that's so cute i know that's just a good scene too i was like laughing and i had chills at the same time it's like a really weird combo yeah <laughs> Very dissonant, but very true. A very real feeling. Um, I think it's cool that the movie made you feel something so complex. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's a sign of a good movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's got some deep things in there, honestly. Or at least it allows for people to think deeply of, like, their own future and, like, what, why, if you're not happy, like, why aren't you happy? And, like, what are you doing with your life? Yeah. 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 I think that's, like... Like, when I was watching the movie the whole time, or, like, not the whole time, when Dwayne and um, Frank were both on on the screen together, um, just, like, their relationship to philosophy, like, Dwayne's t-shirts were very funny. He had one that said Jesus was wrong, um, and, like, in the first (laughs) scenes, he's, like, reading a Nietzsche book, um, which are both, like, very nihilistic and, um, like, pretty existential existentialist as well um just like looking looking at life in that kind of like bleak and nothing really matters at all so you might as well just do what you want sort of idea Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting i didn't know notice really any of the shirts (laughs) which that's a cool detail though yeah i mean he's very much like the stereotype of like the like angsty teenager who's like going against his parents and stuff which is funny who Um, reads philosophy (laughs) yeah i guess so yeah it's cool like and then i feel like frank is kind of the older version of him maybe not exactly the same like kind of person um but like frank is also a philosopher and also a person who like admires philosophy um Mm -hmm. Because of like his role in academia, he's like a scholar. That's his that's his job. Um, right. And then like, so I don't know. I think there's there's a parallel between um, Frank's depression and Dwayne's silence. I feel like there's a relationship between the two. Yeah. Do you think Dwayne is also depressed as equally, just like not as outright as Frank is? I feel like he's more angry. Mm. He's more angry and. Like, dissatisfied, but, yeah, with more of an angry tone. Um, Whereas the dissatisfaction that Frank is experiencing is more like nothing is going my way and it's all so sad. Um, And, like, just losing what he thought he had before. Right. He does seem a certain amount of, like, complacency, though. Like, I feel like he's, like, pretty reserved, or at least, like, when we see him in the film. And, like, 
you know, they kind of allude to, like, things he'd done and stuff, but, like, now he's just kind of, like, sitting there, like, hopeless and, like, which is very similar, I think, to Dwayne, where he's just, like, taking a vow of silence. He hasn't spoken in, like, nine months. Like, they're both, there's a comparison to be made there, I feel like, where they're just, like, both letting the world attack them and, like, you know, like, their parents are, like, his, like, Dwayne's parents are, like, talking about him in front of him and, like, he clearly wants to say something, like, he disagrees with them, but, like, he just, he's just letting, he's just taking it, I guess. Yeah. Which... I don't know. There's a certain sadness to that, I think. Definitely. But I don't... But, like, it's not sad enough that he would break the vow, you know? Right. Well, because, yeah, that was his dream was to be, like, flying jets and, like, going to the academy and everything. So, like, that was really the only thing he had going for him. He had this vow. He had, like, a broken family and all this stuff. But, like, the one thing he had going for him, he, like, lost. Mm -hmm. And so that's what made him speak. So I guess, like, that's almost a message in itself, like... People are complacent for so long until, like, one thing finally is, like, the breaking point for people, and then, like, they go and do something about it. Yeah. So I guess that's his growth is, like, he finally did something about it in a sense. Yeah. I also think his relationship with Olive is really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, how— yeah, I agree. When, when the grandpa dies and he tells her, like, go hug mom— like, he doesn't yeah. do it himself. He tells her to go and do it, and that makes things better. And then— right. When he breaks his vow of silence, like, she goes over to him and doesn't say anything, even though he just shouted for the first time in nine months. Like, she goes over to him and puts her arm around him, and then that's what gets him to move. It's not, like, what other people were saying. It was just, like, her presence, and, like, even though it was quiet, actually silent, just like he just was, that's, like, what moved him. Yeah. That was probably the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. When just like the, it was just so well shot and like so emotional. Just and there was no dialogue. It was just like you see the whole family in the background in the broken car and like everything is broken and like the kid like Dwayne is crying and the daughter just comes up and like puts her head on his shoulder and then like that's what he's like. All right, let's go. Let's move on. That's, yeah. Uh, that's just, oh, that was good. It's so good. <laughs> I really like the cinematography in the movie. Yeah. That cinematography reminded me, this is very film major of me, but like, have you ever seen Roshimon? No. It's like a Japanese film from the 60s. <laughs> oh, you're cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in film school, but <laughs> they have a very similar thing. It's called like deep focus where like everything is, there's no, you know, like how like some people will be in frame and then like the background will be blurry mm-hmm. essentially. So like everything is like even you know you could see the car just as like good as you could see him in the front it's just a very it's very reminiscent of that film because there's a lot of scenes where like the main character will be in front but then there's also stuff going on in the background so i was like it was very cool it was very like cool shot because there's like a lot going on in it where you see like the rest of the family helpless in the background and like the only one that's helping is the daughter who like goes from the background to the foreground and helps them lots of coexistence yeah it's cool yeah yeah but um Let's move on to a different point. <laughs> so another thing that I had mentioned is that, again, when Frank and Dwayne were talking near the end of the film, outside the uh, like beauty pageant, Frank's is something that I thought was kind of interesting. He says that basically that suffering is like what makes you who you are. Like he's kind of like trying to like give a pep talk to Dwayne and everything, and he's like, you know, all the, the bad stuff that goes on in your life, that's what defines you as a person. What do you think about that? I think, I think that is like a symbol of growth for a depressed person because like 
I feel like before, like before he was entered into the hospital, um, his points of suffering were what drove him to the edge, right? Like they were the things that told him that life wasn't worth living. But then upon reflection and upon like going on this car ride with every, like everybody in the family, he comes, I, guess, I think he like comes to the realization that like actually it's the suffering that makes it better. It's the broken car on the journey to California that makes it worth it. Um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, <laughs> I thought, I thought his point about high school and how he was like, don't miss out on those. Those are the best suffering years of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you definitely like learn a lot and you're not right. like stagnant and like constant happiness. I mean, that's why we watch movies, right? There's conflict in movies. We like conflict because like it teaches that's us true. something. We're, we are drawn to conflict in a way. Like I get mad if there's no conflict in a movie. Like that's like the backbone of every movie is that there needs to, some some conflict needs to happen for something yeah. to happen that was my biggest problem with like to all the boys i loved before mm. did you ever see that movie mm-hmm. there was no conflict in that movie i feel like yeah or it was just very easily predictably resolved conflict <laughs> yeah yeah there was no like overarching conflict there was like little things that were just resolved in the scene i don't know yeah that's a whole separate conversation yeah that's a whole <laughs> other movie that's a whole other podcast yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah they, they actually did that one yeah <laughs> so if you want to go check that out <laughs> But yeah, um, so (laughs) this suffering thing is interesting though. We've kind of talked, I've talked to this a little bit on the show, like after we watched The Matrix, Mm. but that movie kind of the main theme is like, is suffering like necessary for like human existence essentially? (laughs) Like, do you think that's like true in a sense? Like we're like, like, yeah, like you're saying like high school is like, like the biggest suffering years of your life or whatever. Like you have to live through that to grow and like evolve or whatever. Like if you didn't have those suffering years, like would you not be a fully evolved person? Like, would you not be more mature? Like, would you be lacking something? I don't know. That's a, that's an interesting thing to wonder because I, there are definitely people in my life who I look at and I'm like, wow, you really have gotten everything you've wanted since you were born. Like you grew up in a nice, nurturing, wealthy family. Mm -hmm. Um, You went to school and had a good set of friends, or at least like, this is, upon perception, right? Um, Not necessarily, like, knowing the conflict that's going on with them on the inside. Um, But, like, have a good set of friends going through school, getting good grades, um, getting accepted into a good university, having a nice job, that sort of thing. Um, Just, like, going through the path of life, like, seemingly, seamlessly, um, without, like, major flaws or, like, faults that are happening. Um, But, like... With that, like, on the surface, like, yeah, it might look, I guess this is kind of a separate point, but, like, that might look nice and perfect and pristine, but, like, you don't know what they're going through within themselves or, like, how they define suffering, Mm -hmm. because suffering for me is different than suffering for you. Um, Right. And so, like, through that, through, like, this, like, individualized, individual conflict, um, I think you do end up learning a lot more about yourself um and like 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 going through a breakup or something Mm -hmm. like after that you reevaluate who you are and so it like forces you to understand who you are better because now you're alone and you don't have another person to like lean on um or like you might have another person to lean on just like in a different way Um, yeah yeah one thing i will say though which i've like i've thought a lot about recently is that like people always kind of like those kind of people who have, like, the perfect life and, like, nothing seems to really have gone wrong and they're like, oh, you get everything you want. Like, those kind of people, like, people rat on those people, I feel like, a lot. But 
suffering is like is relative to yeah. a person, which is like I never really considered that because like some people would like have it way worse, like oh my dad died and all this stuff, like all this like they lived a horrible life and like but the thing is like their max suffering is like equal in feeling to that person who has it good. Right. Like when they like I don't know, like I don't know like when they break a fingernail or like something like stupid, like well, that's like the worst thing that happens in their life. If it's actually the worst thing that's happened in their life, they have that same feeling that you're having like when your dad died in a yeah. sense which is like horrible because like one thing clearly like would be worse and if you if you felt both mm-hmm. like one would be worse but if you're only feeling one thing like i feel like that is equally as bad in a sense you know yeah. it's like when you're a little kid and like losing your stuffed animal is the worst thing in the right. world um yeah i think you have the same capacity for emotion um regardless of where you are in your life um it just depends on like yeah what you were saying it's all relative so like mm-hmm. the peaks and valleys are just as high but for different reasons yeah so do you think people like they don't need to like they don't need to have a horrible high school experience or anything like do you think they can they're still just as mature then as people without it like who have gone like who have had bad experiences or whatever like do you think they're the same like because i know people who are like gone through worse stuff might tend to say like oh like i've had it worse than you like do you agree with that i don't I know mean, there's no I really right think, answer but i do think that there's something like from traumatic experiences that you can't get from suffering in other ways but mm. i don't think that discounts the feelings and yeah i don't think that discounts the feelings of people who might not have necessarily gone through that and i don't think it necessarily makes them less mature either like I think there's also a lot of lessons to be learned from empathizing with other people who have gone through, like, either better things than you or worse things than you. Just as long as you're, like, I think awareness and not staying in your bubble and remaining ignorant is what teaches you, maybe even more than going through it yourself, which is also why we watch movies, to empathize. Yeah. Empathy, that's a whole other thing, too. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other, like... Whole conversation. Yeah. But at the same time, though, like, while I do think that, I think I don't really disagree with what Steve Carell, like, Frank's character is saying. Because, like, yeah, when you do suffer, I feel like you do grow. And, like, you're saying, like, if you go through a breakup, like, you do reevaluate and you do grow from that. So I do agree to that still, where it's like, yeah, suffering does kind of make you who you are, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, what, what comes to mind is, like, Eternal Sunshine. Have you seen that film? I love that movie. And, like, that whole thing kind of deals with memory and, like, they've gone through suffering in their own breakup. And so they go to basically a procedure that, like, eliminates all their memories. And so they don't have to have, remember that suffering. But the kind of the theme of that movie is, like, if you don't remember that suffering, then like, you really have no identity. Like, memory is your identity. And, like, without through that like you're not as like you're like empty like you're lacking something like when when you see them without memory in that film they're like bland there's nothing to them and so it's just an interesting idea that like what defines you as a person like do you need suffering to define that or yeah i don't know i think i think eternal sunshine also touches on the point that like suppressing your suffering and trying to like pretend like it didn't happen at all isn't going to help at all. Like, it's always going to surface because I think it is, yeah, like you were saying, part of your identity. Like, it's always going to come back up and surface again. Um, It's like, yeah, I do think that your suffering kind of becomes a part of you. Yeah. 
That's, it's something you have to like own. I feel like in a sense because that movie saying it. I think Little Miss Sunshine saying it too. So like you have to like take ownership of the things you failed to like grow from them. And if you're like ignoring it or like ignoring those problems, and like you're never gonna grow. Like you're gonna keep cycling through the same thing. Um, that's cool. <laughs> Love those ideas. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to something else. So we've been talking a lot about how great this movie is. <laughs> what do you think is like the biggest flaw of this movie? There's got to be something. That, what is something you didn't like about this movie? I want to force you to do it. <laughs> Can you go first? <laughs> oh, I didn't have anything. That's why I was... You're going to force what? me to do it yeah, so exactly. you don't have to. Um, I mean, I kind of touched on it, but like, I guess the mom does have like a certain growth to her, but I feel like her character was probably the least developed of everybody. I get what you're saying about like her family is like what, and that's like a thing in itself is that like her family is her growth and like that's her whole job and is to like keep the family together and keep her marriage alive as well. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like the t- of the two main girl characters, the only really two in the film, like both of them never really had as much growth as all the male characters did. Yeah, that's totally true. Because like Olive doesn't really have much because she's kind of like the teacher or whatever, whatever we decided on for that. So mm-hmm. like, she's also just like a kid, right? So it's, I don't know, like, and, like, Olive is definitely, like, the main character, and there's a lot for her, both of the characters to do. I just, like, feel like their arc is, like, less than others. I don't right. know. I guess, I guess, like, not not really a fl- flaw, but, like, things that I, I'm definitely left wondering about a bunch of stuff um, mm-hmm. after having watched the movie. Like, what was the grandpa like when he was, like, in his prime, I guess? Like, who mm-hmm. was he? What was his relationship? What was the relationship? Oh, the, I guess that's a thing. I wish, like, <laughs> I understood the relationship between the grandfather and the dad more. Because, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. until he was in, like, literally dead that I realized that that was his dad and not the mom's dad. Like, oh. I didn't know. Yeah, I guess okay. that I also might have missed that on my end. But, like, I wish I That's saw, almost... like, more of a relationship there. Yeah. The only thing I will say from that is that suppose that Olive is the main character and that kind of backstory is something a kid wouldn't know. Like, if it's from mm-hmm. her point of view to a sense, like, when I was a kid, I didn't know all the ins and outs of, like, my grandfather's past and all that history. So, like, it's almost, like, not important in a sense where That's it's just, true. like... These are the people and these are their arcs in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just arguing against you. But is it all from Olive's point of view? I don't know if it is. Eh, I don't like, know. I think she's the heart of the movie. Right. But I don't know if, like, her perspective is the most, like, Right. I mean, it's developed. pretty objective. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to argue against it. But, yeah, right. I agree. Like, it would be nice to see where these characters, like, were before and, like, mm-hmm. see... Yeah, especially, like, the father-son relationship. Because I feel like the brother-sister relationship with Dwayne and Olive was really nice. And even the husband-wife relationship was, like, really interesting. Yeah. And the wife to uncle, like, or brother, like, whatever. That whole relationship was interesting. But, yeah, maybe that one was a little bit underdeveloped. I also wonder, like, why did Olive win? Like, the old contest that, like, the regional contest that led her to California. Yeah, right. How did she win exactly? Because, like, she came to this pageant and, like, completely, like, not flopped. She was just, like, very different from everybody else. (laughs) But, like, in her regional competition, she got second place. And that's why she was able to, like, move up and end up going. Like Maybe that's something to say about Albuquerque. Maybe. Maybe this know, whole movie is just commentary on Albuquerque. Yeah. The, the writer just really hated Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. 
That's a good question. How yeah. did she get to where she was? If this was like the big little Miss Sunshine, like this is Miss Sunshine, like how, yeah. how did she get there in the first place if she was really this bad? And they were also also surprised like when she started performing. Like, yeah, like what was her performance before? Yeah, because like, it seems like they've seen her do this before. Yeah, they and like has have. she never rehearsed in front of the rest of the family? It was only the grandfather? I guess. <laughs> the grandfather was in charge of this? Yeah. Also, yeah, that's a weird thing. Why would they trust grandpa? Yeah, and they didn't the even know the song choice. I don't know. They just seemed very uninvolved in this pageant, considering they're putting so much energy into it. You know? I know. But, So that's yeah. a bit curious, I guess. It makes for a better movie, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> just more entertaining. But. It also made all of said like, a very independent character, you know? Like, mm. I was very impressed when... The people at the pageant were like, hey, do you have your music? And she was like, yeah, here's my CD. It's number 12. And, like, knew everything exactly. Yeah. She's, like, yeah, she's she's a fierce little lady. Yeah, she's very inspirational. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be Olive when I grow up. Yeah, you should have watched, like, an edited for television version of that when you were a kid or something. Oh, my <laughs> I feel gosh. Like it would have been very inspirational. Yeah, little Fiona <laughs> might have learned a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, learned a little lesson there. <laughs> um, okay, so what do you think is the future of these characters then? That's my other question. It's like where... Because they kind of leave it off. Like, the, like they all kind of grow and kind of realize a lot of the stuff isn't important, but, like, the dad, like, doesn't have a book deal, so, like, what's he going to do now? What's the mom going to do? Are they going to get divorced? Like, what's the brother going to do? Is he still going to go to college? He's like, screw all that. Like, what's, what's his plan? I don't know. What's your speculation? <laughs> um... Well, first, I think it's cool that the movie ends with them driving off into the sunset because, like, that is usually a very, like, romantic trope, um, but they did it in a way that was very, like, familial and broken and messed up, Mm -hmm. but they still, like, they got their own version of riding off into the sunset. They won! Oh, my gosh. It all clicks. It all makes sense. But also... Just another thing, too, is, like, they kind of drive off in the distance, like, it's a car, and all of a sudden you see, like, it go away, and all of a sudden it kind of blends in with the other cars that are on the highway, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. It's just, like, this is one family's life, and, like, any, every car has a story like that, yeah. which is kind of cool. True. I don't know. That's just another thing. Every stranger has a story. <laughs> yeah. um, then but, I guess going back to your question, right. um, with... Hmm. Okay, I don't think they're going to get a divorce. I think maybe this road trip saved their marriage. Um, maybe. Um, I'll take. I hope it's not just like a band aid, you know, like a quick little band aid that like helps them in this utopia of a road trip. And then once they get back home and settle back into their ways, it's like back to the same old thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also don't think it would be because the book deal fell through and Brian Cranston, which was the guy who was trying to get um, Richard yeah. the book deal. Um, I don't remember the character's name. I don't remember. <laughs> but um, he was like, you are the worst. Like, the reason why <laughs> this isn't working is because you suck. Um, yeah. And I think, like, that was probably exactly the reality check the dad needed. Um And hopefully that inspires him to, like, accept that he tried to win and move on to trying to, like, continue, I guess, his endeavor that he started with this movie um, of, like, helping his family and thinking of his family first um, instead of, like, that individualistic, I need to get this, like, nine-step thing to work out. Yeah. I feel like that's the only character that I'm a little skeptical of whether he's actually going to learn that lesson or not. Yeah. I feel like he could also just, like, go back to what he was doing and, like, try and, I don't know, 
Like, I just feel like he wouldn't learn that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's <laughs> just because I didn't like that character, and I just I don't see that growth. I, see- I just don't feel like that's super realistic that a character yeah. like that can ha- like It can't happen, but I just don't know how often, like, but someone also, has a transformative moment like that. He, like, wasn't mad that Olive didn't win. That's true. You know? That is growth. So, yeah, maybe. But who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> the movie does end at some yeah. point. What do, you, what do you think about some of the other characters? Like, what, what's the future for Steve Carell, like, Frank? Oh, man, that's hard. Um, I mean, I hope he goes to therapy. That's my yeah. first thing. Um, I also, like, I think he's going to have to work through the difficulty of like knowing that his former like lover is like in a relationship with somebody else um and it's like his direct competitor yeah who like won his the top award over him yeah man that sucks that's really hard uh especially when you won it before like you were previously that and then like this person seems to surpass you um yeah i hope I hope his growth is, like, more personal than, like, career-oriented, though. Um, like, I hope he just learns to, like, accept that you can be the best, I guess, at one point and then find different ways to be the best as time goes on. Um, like, I hope he finds love. <laughs> I hope he finds somebody that, like... Um, I I feel like his story would end up being one of those where, like, all the bad things happen at one time and then all the good things happen, like... Like, he starts, like, positive momentum. Like, if he starts going to therapy and goes back, like, gets a new job and, like, mm-hmm. works through his anger issues, then, like, his students will respect him again and then maybe he'll get a scholar award again. Um, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of hope for him. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope he has some I hope. hope he has hope. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I don't know exactly what the future is, but I think I think that's hopefully that he goes to therapy and like starts a new life i hope like turns over a new leaf with all this stuff i think he has potential for that kind of growth mm-hmm. yeah um what's your favorite character <laughs> oh my gosh this is so hard yeah um i mean grandpa is so fun he is so funny like yeah Okay. I really I liked his his philosophy of life was very yeah. fun to listen to. Um it's not often that you see uh an old person addicted to drugs in movie in movies like most of the time it's like mm-hmm. young people who are like in the in the ruts of life and like just ruining things. And he like addresses that too. He's like, "No, don't do drugs like when you're young. That's a terrible idea." Um like wait until you're on your deathbed and you have nothing to lose like me um i think he i think he has a very good grasp of like like how you should map out your life i guess the most responsibly um and i don't know i just feel like he has a good head on his shoulders and can be weird and wacky at the same time but also is quite inappropriate at times not sure if he should have had olive do that dance or he should have <laughs> yeah, bought that bad parenting? those magazines huh is that bad parenting mm, Grand, uh, grandparenting i think it's a, a mature unique way of parenting yeah it was funny though it was very funny <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah Who, what about you i mean he is so funny but since you took it i'll do a different one i guess I guess Olive. I mean, I guess it's, like, an easy answer. But she's so cute. And she's just so wise as well. <laughs> and, like, mm-hmm. she just, like, is doing her own thing. She's just, like, it was, like, the mom was saying, like, she's Olive being Olive. And you just got to, like, let her do that. And she's just, like, 
She's like so cute and wise and like doing all her stuff and like doing the pageant because she wants to, not because it's like she's concerned about like beauty and like it's this facade or whatever. But she's like, this is what she wants to do. Like yeah. she just wants to show people. Like I don't know, it's pure. <laughs> like I wish people were more pure, like Olive. <laughs> yeah, she has like a genuine joy for living, and it doesn't have to be purposeful. You know, like she just wants to do it because it's good yeah. and fun. I also think she's, like, a very curious person. Like, she asks a lot of questions, and she really, like... She brings in honesty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, what, like, Tony Colletti's character, like, the mom was saying to, like, the daughter is that, like, um... She's like, oh, we gotta, like, be pro-honesty, and we gotta, like, tell, like, like, let Frank tell, like, what the situation is and everything. Um... And, but, like, she's very inquisitive herself. Like, he... She brought out, like, the details of that and, like, maybe other kids wouldn't do... Maybe they would, but maybe other adults wouldn't do that because they kind of learned, like, boundaries and stuff. But, like, she's, like, without that, which is kind of cool. It's, like, people should live like that more, I feel like. Yeah. It's pro-honesty, pro, like, putting everything out there. Definitely. I I think think that's one of the best parts about little kids in general. They don't really, like, know all the all the rules, all the social rules yet. So they kind of have this leeway um, that they can... That, like, other people respect. Like, oh, they're just a kid. That's why they're saying all of these crazy things. Um, but I think I think her, like, unlimited curiosity is really respectable. Yeah. I really respect Olive. But also the grandfather is a really good choice, too. Thank you. <laughs> and I think I don't even have to ask the least favorite character because I feel like we the both dad. say Richard. <laughs> yeah, the dad. He's just awful. Yeah. Also, okay, actually, the cop that pulls them over on the side of the road. Oh, yeah, that pervy cop. He's Oof. so sleazy. Yeah, that was not great. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was so concerned about the magazines, he didn't even notice the dead body. I know. Yikes. So crazy. Especially because he's a cop. I know. <laughs> like his job to notice that. Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> commentary right there. <laughs> Yikes. Oof. Yeah, but, <laughs> all right, do you have any other comments you want to make before we start wrapping so. up? All right, yeah, that was a good talk. Yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, well, thanks for coming on the show. This kind of wraps it up. Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. Of course. All right, so that kind of wraps it up for another episode of uh, So What'd You Think? So we'll have a new one next week, um, so stay tuned for that. But, you know, until then, all right, peace.